All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Thursday, October 5th. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. Clayton, do you believe that is the question of this upcoming box office weekend is whether you're a believer? And I got to say, I was a believer in this exorcist a couple of months ago, but the reviews are in, the buzz is in, and ye man of little faith, that is what I am. I will say right now, I don't know if I'm a believer in this exorcist. Well, thank you for coming around to my side of the aisle here as a non-believer, as a... I would say exorcist believer denier, maybe. Yes. In the fact that I deny that this movie is going to do anything at the box office. Here's where why I feel like I'm still right and have always been right. Is uh, that this is terrible. your exorcist believer denial was a denial of the IP and a denial of the uh, possibilities of the franchise in general. The reason I am now no longer a believer is because the buzz on the actual film is finally in and the buzz on this particular film are very bad. And here's what makes, here's what makes me not a believer, Clayton. Okay. It's not you. It's our horror lead horror correspondent, Brett Arnold of the new flesh podcast, the man who invented hashtag horror lifestyle. Now we're trying hashtag to get, core lifestyle. Hashtag core lifestyle. We're trying to get him on the show. Man has a new baby. Is the baby haunted? Who knows? For his sake, I hope so, because that's what, how he would want it. He would he would want it's a haunted baby. On brand. Yeah, yeah. If he had a rosemary baby situation, it would be great content for the new flesh. Um, but either way, he's got child care. Couldn't podcast tonight, but we were texting. And he saw this film last night. And I'm obviously not going to give away his whole review. His whole review will be on his podcast, The New Flesh. But And he is a critic. He is a huh? critic, huh? But a great critic. And, and great a, critic. you know, a fair He's critic. one of the good ones. He's one of the good ones. One of the good ones, Brett. So he saw this film last night. And he says, this is bad. He, the things that he is saying are, audiences are going to be so mad at it. So that's what matters. We're talking box office, and that's what matters. This man, this horror lifestyle inventor, saw the film Exorcist Believer, and he says the audience is going to be so mad at it. A sequel will do half of whatever this makes. So he's already predicting the sequel is going to be a box office disaster. And then he says it's just as dull as can be. Definitely a David Gordon Green movie. His thematic concerns are all over it. So... That is what I'll put out there, obviously, for the rest of Brett's review. Listen to probably the next episode of The New Flesh when he'll dive deep into it. But that's our horror correspondent saying that he saw this film and it is a dud. And more specifically, it is a movie that audiences will not like. Okay. So that is the important thing to talk about Mm -hmm. when we're talking about this film. But, Pat, I do need to take on bridge. Okay. I don't know what is in the water mm-hmm. other than fluoride mm-hmm. that is making you and other smart people. Because right. I look, you are a smart man. I oh. would not be on a podcast with a man who was not smart. You might okay? be in a different situation. I could see you. I could see a, a, a two dumb guys podcast situation. Wow. That's very offensive. But I'm saying the podcast uh, could be a hit. That that version of your podcasting career could be huge. You're but. calling so I mean you're calling me dumb, and I'm going to let that slide. And the only reason I'm going to let that slide is because you you are wrong. Mm-hmm. You're wrong about the franchise that is The Exorcist because it is a fact. It is a documented fact that The Exorcist as a franchise mm-hmm. does nothing at the box office it has not had a successful film since the first one that is documented fact do you want to go through the facts do you have the facts in front of you i mean i don't have to we can go through i mean listen i i I have the facts in front of me exorcist 2 the heretic opens to six million dollars in 1977 exorcist 3 in 1990 opens to 9.3 million dollars 
Exorcist the beginning in 2004 opened to 18 million. So that's the biggest hit opening Exorcist movie we've ever had. And the Dominion prequel to the Exorcist 2005 opened to $140,000. So obviously there was something funky going on there. Yes. All of these sequels have been. Where's the success in that? Okay. There's no. Great. So success of the first film. Therefore. We can say definitively, can we agree definitively that The Exorcist as a franchise does not have box office success? As a franchise. Past the first one. As yeah. a franchise, it has been a dud. It has okay? been a series of duds. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Now, now that we've had that out of the way, mm-hmm. we can talk about this film, mm-hmm. which I will give you credit for thinking possibly. That since this movie is denying all of the previous duds, right. that there's an opportunity for this film to succeed. Right. I mean, it's not uh, it's not crazy that this could somehow do good business if it was done well. Like, yes. let's just talk a little bit about Saw X, okay? Yes, which we both saw. We saw Saw last night together. Clayton was back in a movie theater thanks to the Jigsaw Killer. Yes, that is a this sort of film done well. Yes, done done great. I I mean I don't know. We're not critics, huh? Uh, but we're fans, and yeah. we can talk about Saw as fans. Mm-hmm. This was one of the best. Yes, have you in have all you of the Saw franchise? I have seen all the yes. Saws. Yes, I've seen all the Saws. Sand Spiral. I did not see Spiral. I watched a kill count video. I count that as seeing that movie. Mm-hmm. I do not look at that as canon. This is a movie that is between the first and second movies. And it is a jumping on point for people to enjoy the Saw franchise. Yes. It has emotional beats. It has gory, awesome traps. Yeah. It has a emotional core that is surprising. Yes. Great and it villain. has some great... Great villain, and it has, and great villain, and we're not even talking about. I mean, not to spoil anything, we're not even talking about Kramer. No, no, right? I mean, everyone knows he's our he's America's hero right now, John Kramer, the Jigsaw Killer. And there are characters that we love who are back, and it's not, and it's great fan service, but also serves the story, and they are great in it. And yeah. so that I think is the way you knock that sort of thing out of the park. And Saw X did it. Yep. And you know what didn't do it? Halloween kills and Halloween ends. Yeah. Okay. That didn't do it. We got this. I mean, Halloween, the 2018 one, we saw it. We loved it. We thought it was great. There were things that were a little wonky about it, but we were like, wow, this is the best Halloween movie that that there's been in decades, because I wasn't a zombie fan. I didn't like the zombie right, ones. Right, right, right. But H2, they were successful. H2O was great for its time, but it was very specific to... I, I would say, Dawson's I think Creek H2O was 90s. my... But I would say, rewatch that movie. There's a lot of fun to be had in that movie. Yes, yes. So, so but here's the thing with The Exorcist new movie. Mm-hmm. Ellen Burstyn, God love her, and we know you do. We all do. Hey, listen, Kirk Minahan on this show, we we talked about it. What a draw she is, what a babe she is, you know, babe of the decade, all that kind of stuff. That is, I mean, she's not Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. The, the iconic nature of Ellen Burstyn is not the same as Jamie Lee Curtis. It's just not. I mean, I'll be honest with you. If you said Ellen Burstyn was in Exorcist, I'd be like, okay, I believe you, but I don't, I didn't remember it enough to be like, oh, she's back. Because I saw The Exorcist a very long time ago. And I know it's iconic for horror fans, but for the general public, which would make this a hit, which we need for it to be a hit, because Halloween itself, that reboot, did not only have hardcore horror fans. It had general audiences. Ellen Burstyn's not enough to bring a general audience in. And for the horror fans... I think David Gordon Green's attachment to this movie is a detriment because they did not like those uh, other Halloween films. And the reviews here are kind of pointing a finger and saying he 
he messed up. Like, I think they're really pointing a finger and saying he flubbed this. Mm. He botched this. The, the, it is coming on his name. A guy that a lot of people might not know, but horror fans do know. That's bad when somebody gets pointed out and is is being blamed for how terrible a movie is. Here's my thing with the David Gordon Green effect is I still don't believe that the dislike of those two Halloween movies moves the numbers in a negative way or that the love of the first one or whatever, you know, I think, I think people have retroactively started disliking the 2018 Halloween movie because of the sequels, but I don't, he's not, he's not a name director. He's not someone where people, but, but, but here's, here's what I'll say. Here's horror what I'll say. fans know their directors, horror fans horror, know their no, directors, but horror fans are going to see this movie. You know, the thing that, Maybe the, thing, not. the thing that makes this movie be a difference between opening at 25 to 30 and opening at 40 to 50 is not hardcore horror fans. It's not the people who read Fangoria. It's just, not. it's a general public. It's a general public. And they don't know David Gordon Green from Adam. They don't, but, but. I think the David Gordon Green factor is he is, for better or worse, he is an auteur and he's going to affect greatly the quality of the films he directs. You know, he's mm-hmm. not just a caretaker of these movies. He's going to he's going to make the movie a certain quality level. And if this movie stinks, which according to the Rotten Tomato reviews, which I was stunned, 23 percent. And you know, bread of the new. I bread. wish you would have checked it on on air. Uh, I, I, on I air, gasped. because uh, I gasped. Yeah, when I saw that, I gasped. But it was before we started recording. And that's the David Gordon Green factor on the box office. Is if this movie is bad, which it seems to be, it's because he's the writer director of it, and the quality of this film will absolutely affect the box office total. Listen, this movie's not going to open to fifteen million. It's it's going to open to a quote unquote decent number. I mean, we'll get to it mm, later. I, I don't. Th- I don't. This think movie's so. opening in the. I mean, right now, I think the low end of this movie is opening in the twenties. That's the low end, which is would be low for what the the expectations were. But yeah, there is a basement to this movie that is fine. But this movie will not do forty fifty million because no, it's bad. No way. The Exorcist. That's the thing with the Exorcist sequels is the first Exorcist movie was a giant hit. It was also a best picture nominee. It was also one of the most well-reviewed movies of its year. All the sequels, this isn't a franchise that is Freddy proof, Jason proof, where it doesn't matter the quality of the films. People just want to see the titular horror villain. The Exorcist yeah. movies have to be great to be big box office hits. And apparently this movie, based on the reviews, does not seem to be great. It seems to be actively terrible. It's to me, and I know this is, I'm just going to throw this out there, but the first Exorcist movie is like Alice doesn't live here anymore. And the subsequent films are like Alice, the sitcom, mm. the kiss my grits sitcom. That is the quality drop in the quality okay. difference. I, I will say though, I will defend as a film, not its box office performance. Exorcist three is a great film. I will defend that as a great film, but a box office flop because it did not give people what they wanted. Okay. Is that the Paul Schrader movie? Did Paul Schrader direct an Exorcist three? That's a great question, but it I, has. I feel like there is a Exorcist Paul Schrader connection. Oh yeah, no, that is way way later than Exorcist Three. Okay. I'm talking about. Is that Dominion about... possibly? Yes, I think he uh, he directed uh, Dominion, the prequel to The Exorcist. That's the one that made like in the hundreds of thousands and got some kind of like tax shelter box office release apparently. Yeah, this one was directed by William Peter Blatty. Okay. So the based on Legion, the novel. So I mean, this was directed by the uh, the novelist. Interesting, interesting, interesting that that made it yeah. better. Um, but he, I mean, he, that he wrote the the original novel right. as well. That is a good movie. If you're looking for a movie that you haven't seen this Halloween, Exorcist Three. Exorcist Three. Yeah. The the issue with this movie is, I think, unlike a 
a Halloween or a Freddy or a Jason, this movie had to get very strong reviews to get the general public interested because mm-hmm. there's not, and listen, you've said this in the lead up, there's not a iconic villain here. You know, the iconic villain is, is uh, I was going to say Selma Blair, uh, Blair, the, the, the actress in the first, Linda Blair. The iconic villain is Linda Blair being possessed. That mm-hmm. is the iconic villain of the Exorcist franchise. And obviously she's not back in these films. That is who you associate with the Exorcist is Linda Blair being possessed. So yes, these movies have to be, this movie had to be great to blow the doors off the box office. And I think 23% Rotten Tomatoes is the kind of score that is going to, people are going to see that and they are just not going to bother. And especially with, you know, you mentioned it. Saw X is good, mm-hmm. is very good. Yes. It's 90% Rotten Tomatoes. And we're saying Rotten Tomatoes a lot. Obviously, that doesn't matter other than it's something for people to quickly glance at when they're making their decisions. And I do think Saw X being as good as it is, is going to hurt Exorcist on the Edges. Yeah, I, I I do think I think it is one of those things though. With you know, we were really excited after watching Saw X. I do think it's you know Saw X. I mean, Saw movies in general and horror movies in general they drop the next weekend, and I do fear that this movie isn't going to get the amount of box office it actually deserves in the sense of how good it is in comparison to the previous entries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't see it having a great great hold i hope that's not the case i do hope the word of mouth is spectacular on this and some non-saw fans will see this film because it just does a good job of introducing you to a character that you then root for as opposed to jumping in on say saw six and being like what is happening i mean saw x sets up a a scenario in which They'd have to all be prequels to Saw 2, but you Mm -hmm. could basically do a timeline of Saw sequels that continue to take place between 1 and 2. And I don't know if Mm -hmm. they... And listen, it is a risk pulling off now a prequel series with an actor who is Tobin Bell, I think, in his 70s. You know, the actress who plays Amanda is a lot older now than she was when the Saw series started. We all are. That's just how aging works. So the Saw franchise is in a position where prequels are their best bet, except, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, it's not like with Robert Englund. You can't just put Tobin Bell in a ton of gory makeup and have him look that way forever. I mean, the greatest horror, we mentioned this when we mentioned how My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 was a horror movie, Mm -hmm. is The Passage of Time. Yes, yes. Right? So that is definitely a a, a stumbling block here. And I mean, Ellen Burstyn's 90. So if they were going to do this sort of movie, they had to do it now. They had to do it now. Yeah, she, she, you know, she's back. Um, I, I, she's not able to eat the hot wings. You know, there is something to medically Ellen. not cleared, medically Med- not cleared. I, the, I I know. But I think if SAG wasn't on strike, I think she would have found a, uh, you know, she would have got like Trump's doctor or something. She would have got some some like uh, wacky doctor to sign a release saying she could eat the hot wings on hot ones. And I, I think that she would have done the show. It may I have mean, killed her. And I mean, that would have been giant ratings for hot ones. But I do think if there was not a SAG strike, Ellen Burson would have found a willing doctor to sign off and let her eat the hot ones. I see. I love Ellen Burstyn, but I don't know if you know if you see the title of the Hot Wings episode and it's Ellen Burstyn dies eating hot wings. I don't even know if that's in the top ten most viewed of the Hot Ones episode. Oh, I think so. I I get that she's not as famous. As some of their other guests, like obviously she currently is not as famous as a as a Paul Rudd. But if if a guest dies, I think that is going to be a top three most highly rated. I, I think Zendaya, Zendaya still beats her. Zendaya, I think Zendaya living beats Ellen Burstyn dying on Hot Ones. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. 
And what's the chef that yells at everybody? The Hell's Kitchen guy. I think he's everybody too. No, Emerald Gordon Lugosi. Ramsay. What are you talking about? Gordon Ramsay. Gordon yeah. Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay, really? I think ever I think, Oh yeah. I think if Ellen Burstyn dies on air and hot ones and they are showing the footage. I mean, that's the thing. It all depends on how they're they too the respectful to do that. If if they don't show the the moment, they don't show the sauce that actually killed her, and they cut that out. Sure, then I think that affects the ratings. But if they show this is the wing that kills Ellen Burstyn, I think that's a huge rating for Hot Ones, and yeah. then therefore I think that leads to box office for Exorcist Believer. But because of the SAG strike, we'll never know. We'll never know. Yeah, yeah, and it's probably good for her. It's probably good for her because she probably doesn't have points on the film. And so her dying on Hot Ones to increase the box office of Exorcist Believer probably doesn't help her very much in the end. She's probably better off living and this movie not doing as well. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. So so overall, agree. the SAG strike is a net positive for Ellen Burstyn. Because mm-hmm. she won't die eating hot wings to promote this film. Yeah. But it's but it's a negative for the producers of this film because it definitely affected their box office. Oh, after this 23, I mean, they they had held the reviews for so long. There right. was an embargo, I'm sure, until now because they knew they had a stinker on their hands. Yes, yes. Right? Because didn't Brett was not able to tell us anything until tonight. Well, right? no, he just saw the film last night. I, I, I okay. think that... They, they held this from critics, though, I believe, right? Well, they, they definitely weren't touting this. This was not a situation okay. where they were trying to get people to see this weeks ago and start writing about it. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't know if they're – they're obviously not holding it till last minute. They're not pulling yeah. like a screen gem situation where, you know, they're dropping the reviews the morning it comes out. But I think they knew this was not going to be a critical success. And, you know – the budget I'm seeing on this is fairly low, 30 or 40 million before advertising. But the bigger thing here is this was a huge IP purchase to make mm-hmm. what they thought would be a new series of Exorcist films. And I think that listen, Brett said in his in his text to me that the second one will make half of whatever this one makes. I mean, are they a go on the second one? I mean, I do think if this movie that costs 30 or 40 million opens in the 30s, opens around 30 and and gets itself to 50 or 60, they'll make the second one. Ellen Burstyn, I'm guessing, won't be in it. And it'll be more akin to the Exorcist sequels that we've been getting. Will David Gordon Green direct three Exorcist movies? I think that's the big question coming out of this movie or will we ever see a David Gordon Green Exorcist sequel? Oh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's a good question. I mean, it depends on how bad this does. I mean, it says right now, box office pro pre-sales, uh, trail Halloween ends by 51%. Wow. And Halloween Halloween ends, I think probably only opened in the thirties, right? I mean, I don't think Halloween ends was a day and date, uh, Peacock yep. release and that film opened uh, last October opened to 40 million. So, wow, that's so much higher than I expected. It's so that's so well, the first one opened to 80, you know, so they I were, know. they were dropping like 20 million per, uh, installment. So like when you start from 80, you're still starting from a high place, but if the, but, the, but Michael Myers, Pazuzu is not Michael Myers. Pazuzu's not Michael That's Myers. The, yeah. Pazuzu yeah. would have to possess Michael Myers to be anything recognizable. They're under the same umbrella. I mean, that may be the depths they have to sink to, to the sequel is the villain is the devil possessing a more famous horror icon that they own. Yeah. Um, Man. I, I, um, I'm, I'm just so curious now to see to see how low this goes because the buzz is bad. Burston can't eat the hot ones and the reviews I think are going to keep people away from this movie. I mean, the other factor to consider is Taylor Swift. The errors tour of the movie opens one week uh, from Friday opens October 13th. And 
there is something to, and you've talked about this and we talked about it when Exorcist made the boneheaded move to run away from Taylor Swift. People are just sort of starting to get ready to go see this Taylor Swift movie. Yes. You know, they're, they're, they might say the reviews are bad. I'm just going to stay home and work on my costume for going to see Taylor Swift next weekend. I, I, exactly. I You nailed it. I, I think so many young women go to see movies and horror movies specifically. And that is the prime demo for this Taylor Swift uh, movie. And I think it's like they are going to be preparing. They need, mm-hmm. you know, hardworking young women, mm-hmm. women of all ages who are going to see this Taylor Swift. Movie. Yeah, yeah. They don't necessarily have time during the week to work on their outfit mm-hmm. for the weekend. Right. So they need a weekend pre Taylor Swift to get everything locked down. I mean, most of everything. Like they might need to do a last minute makeup purchase here, maybe uh, you know, a little extra accoutrement here or there during the week. But they need a weekend to plot and plan this because Thursday night they got to be ready. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't give them a lot of time. Yeah. Right. And so I do think that there's going to be a lot of young women staying home in order to get ready for the Taylor Swift movie that is going to do Baffa Bobo. Yeah. Anywhere. Oh, I mean, I think over a hundred is, is a slam doing a slam doing hundred percent. And how much bigger it could be after that. We don't know, but I mean, uh, we'll talk about that later, but I think, that there's so much to be said for that is that this is this is going to be not even an afterthought it's like a it's like not even a thought for a lot of people yeah yeah um yeah i think that th- that's another reason if the exorcist was great exorcist believer if it was great and getting great reviews and getting that sort of you got to see it type of buzz then i think these taylor swift fans would have said you know what I'll see this movie. I'll do my sewing onto my uh, denim jacket. I'll do that Monday night. You know, I, mm-hmm. I won't watch golden bachelor or whatever. And I'll just, I'll do my sewing then. But with these kind of reviews, no one's putting off their costume making to go see exorcist believer. There's yeah. just not. And, and, and you know what? There's some, the, there is some amount of moviegoers who are so picky about what they see that they are going to make those kind of choices of, I'm seeing Taylor Swift next weekend. Therefore, I am not seeing anything this weekend. Well, because an IMAX ticket, which is what people are going to prefer to see Taylor Swift in, is more expensive than a regular ticket. And it doesn't matter where you live. So uh, that is something. I mean, we're uh, we're A-list subscribers. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't matter to us because we p- play a flat fee no matter what. It could be Dolby. It could be IMAX. It could be Screen X, whatever it is we get the same sort of, it costs us the same amount every month. A a regular person who doesn't go to the theater all the time, they are going to need to save up to go to see an IMAX. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I I, I mean, so we're both down on this. We'll give our final prediction in a few. Is there anything, any other factors we haven't covered leading into this opening weekend of Exorcist Believer? I mean, I don't, I, I don't think so. I mean, the, the, the only thing, and I think this is something that could really cut into Exorcist, and even more so with like the younger women demographic. Okay, is this Hocus Pocus re-release? All right, I thought you might go there, and I, I was a little unaware that this was happening, but yeah, apparently Hocus Pocus is getting a re-release, and listen, we were covering the box office every weekend in 2020 when there were mm-hmm. no new movies, we were here covering the box office and the Hocus Pocus re-release of October, 2020 was one of the great stories of that year. I oh yeah. When you look back at the year 2020 and you say, what were the great things that happened in the pandemic year? Hocus Pocus getting re-released is I think top of the list. Yes. And, you know, I'm looking at some of these weekend numbers. It opened October 2nd, 2020, Mm -hmm. did 1.9 million. Following weekend, did 1.1 million, doing 750,000 after that. Now, remember, this is a time when people were not allowed to go to movie theaters. Most movie theaters were closed. 
Most yes. people were not going anywhere. So those numbers are gigantic for what those yeah. weekends were. I mean, Hocus oh, yeah. Pocus in October of 2020 was the number two movie in the country behind Tenant, which was a giant blockbuster release. The only like real new movie that came out that entire time. And Hocus Pocus was right behind it. Mm-hmm. And then it was number three to War with Grandpa. So Hocus Pocus in 2020 was a huge, huge hit. So if it made 1.9, almost 2 mil yeah. in, in 2020. A time when most people were like legally not allowed to see movies. Yeah, there's a, a huge amount of people who didn't get a chance to see this film because the theaters in their city were not open. No, no. And this is a seminal film for a certain generation. Mm-hmm. I think I'm I'm Gen X, so I'm a little bit too old for this. Millennial Pat might cherish this. I'm Gen X. I saw, I saw it in the theater, but I'm also Gen X. Um, so I do think there's a certain amount of people that this is going to appeal to. The big question is, how much was it... Uh, targeted marketing wise to the people that need to know this is coming out because you didn't know about it. I didn't know about it until Austin want to be oh boy. Oh gee, Austin mm-hmm. sent us another spectacular, great email. Spectacular. And uh, so he's pretty high on that. As, yeah. Uh, and, and he's that sort of, I think he might be a little younger than that prime sort of millennial uh, aged person. Oh yeah. This. He's, he's a young buck. Austin. He's yeah. a, he, yeah, he's a young buck, but I think he, he has a sense among the young mm-hmm. that this also is a big deal. So like, I trust Austin's take on this. Right. I think people are sleeping on this as you know, this could go top five. There is a strong possibility. This could be a top five movie in the country. Yeah. And, and these bad reviews for the exorcist believer, open that door even wider for Bette Midler and Kathy and Jimmy and Sarah Jessica Parker to fly right in because mm-hmm. again, that movie having bad reviews, there's some amount of audience who cares about that kind of thing that, okay, this movie stinks. I'll go see Hocus Pocus and sing along, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm sure these Hocus Pocus screenings are going to be, I can't imagine anyone shushing anyone during this. These are party screenings. I assume, I assume is, is Hocus Pocus yeah. the perfect opening act for a Taylor Swift concert? You know, it's such a, it it is, there's definitely so much overlap between those audiences, um, both on the older end of the spectrum. And listen, I'm thinking of my nieces who I'm going to see Taylor Swift with in a couple of weeks. They also love Hocus Pocus. And mm-hmm. I think they are too fidgety at their age to sit through a double feature at the theater. But that would be the one, a Hocus Pocus Taylor Swift movie double feature would be the one that either a five-year-old or a uh, 45-year-old female could sit through. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's a good, it's a good opening act a week ahead of time. Yeah, they, they picked a great time. So uh, what, okay. So, before we do, do you have anything else to say about Hocus Pocus? No, I mean, I I, I am kind of leaning towards what, what Austin's pushing here. I do think that it's going to do, it's going to overperform because, again, we live this. We were covering this movie in 2020 when it was doing spectacular business and re-release. So I, I, have, I have plenty of Hocus Pocus faith. I don't believe in Exorcist, but I believe in the Sanderson sisters. Okay. So before we give our top fives, and we yes. have to, yes, we do have to mention something news that dropped mm-hmm. that we hadn't mentioned and mm-hmm. needed to be mentioned. Austin, of course, mentioned in his email. Beyonce mm-hmm. is also releasing a concert film, and it is coming at the end of the year, December 1st, I believe, mm-hmm. right? That's yes. the street date for it? Yes, yes. It's the same sort of situation. AMC is going to be running with this. Who knows? Do we know if any of the other theater chains are running with this or is this right now AMC exclusive? Um, It says AMC is the partner, but I mean, much like with the Taylor Swift movie, I do expect uh, it to be available at, at 
multiple theater chains. But I think it, it's okay. basically AMC distributed concert doc. Uh, I, I would think it's going to be the same situation where it'll be. But even if it's just at AMC, AMC is by far the biggest uh, theater chain in the United States. Yeah. So I I want to read a little bit of Austin's email because I really agree with this take on it. Go for he it. He thinks AMC is making a, a, a bad decision here. Okay. Putting it so close to Taylor and right in the middle of the holiday season feels like a boneheaded move that he can't understand why it's happening. Why would you not open this, say, in February and maximize a slow time in movie going here? And Valentine's Day, Black History Month, like something like this feels like it's too close to the hugeness that is Taylor because it's now expected to only do 20 to 25, which if you would have said a Beyonce concert film was going to make 20 to 25 million opening, that would have been great pre Taylor era's movie. Like that to me feels like you can't throw a similar product right after a blockbuster product because it's going to make Beyonce look bad. It's going to, and it's going to make people say, Oh, okay. Another concert film. Are we really doing more of this? Um, I am going to disagree completely with both you and Austin. I think you strike while the iron's hot, you know, these concert films, there's not a lot of acts that are going to be able to pull this off in a real way. You know, Taylor Swift, Beyonce, The Strokes, you know, there, there's there's just that, that level of of musical sensation. It's, it's a Pat's small being number. facetious when he says The Strokes. Well, I, I, I am in the sense that they already had their concert film, Meet Me in the Bathroom, came out last year. So they're they're not going to make another one. Now that was like a moldy peaches film, actually, more than anything. That's why it didn't do great box. Didn't do as well. Should have just been all strokes. But anyway, there are a few acts that are going to be able to put a concert film in theaters. I think you're going to see some really small ones come out. And Beyonce is not in this moment Taylor Swift level in terms of box office. She's a stadium act. She's one of the biggest acts there is. I do not think that if Beyonce's movie opens at 25 million, that this is going to be some kind of negative for her. There's no time of year where you put this out where the Beyonce movie in 2023, 2024 is going to make the 100 to 150 million opening weekend that Taylor Swift is. So do it now. Don't wait until February when maybe the, the momentum for this type of genre is lessened when maybe it's a more crowded time at the box office because some of these holdovers from 2023, the movies that got moved February's out. February's not going to – Well, no, no, Let's February be won't February, be, but, but March, March yeah. is, you know, March is jam-packed. March has Dune and a bunch of movies. Like, if you look at the March schedule next year, March is pretty packed. I think December is light for what it usually is. You know, December – you look at December – you got Aquaman 2, which God knows what that is going to be, right? And then you've Three got- Three rounds of reshoots. Right. Who knows if Aquaman's even in it? And you got the Wonka movie, which God knows what that is going to be. So I think opening Beyonce's movie in December makes total sense because you open it then, it plays into Christmas. It is the perfect holiday season type of you know family movie, and it makes its bones there, and it gets in, gets out, because- you wait until next year, it's still not going to open to $100 million because you open it in February. So get that holiday money. I, I, I disagree. I think the Taylor Swift movie being a giant hit is good for whatever comes right after it. You know, it's the way that you had when the 300 came out. Zack Snyder's The 300 came out and did all that giant business. And then there were a couple of movies like that, that I think Clash of the Titans type of movies that came out soon afterwards. And they did a lot better than they should have because people were just on a high for that type of movie. So I think concert movies, if you got one in the can, get it out in December. I I, I think this makes total sense. 
I mean, but you act as if there's never been concert films ever. No, before. but like, things get is... hot and things get cold. And I think the Taylor Swift movie is just going to make that genre very hot again. And again, if Beyonce's got it in the can already, don't wait. Put it out in December. Make that Christmas money. People are going to have a great time at the Taylor Swift movie. So a month and a half later, they'll think, oh, that was fun. Let's do it again around holiday time. I'm going to call what the next one is going to be. And I think this will do less than even Beyonce. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like it is one that will happen. And I think it is you two live at that Vegas yes. dome or whatever it is. I was because I had two I thoughts in my up, head and I was going to say either you two or Lady Gaga, but you, you yeah. two, it, that makes total sense. Yeah. Just because the spectacle of that, and I know it's one of those things where you got to be there because inside they're supposed to be a freak show, but with IMAX technology. Yeah. To be able to to experience that as close to as possible, and it's sold out. I, I mean, I was looking at tickets. You, everything's sold out. There. Yeah, you're not flying so, out to go. You just can't do it. You couldn't get in. I couldn't get in. I couldn't right. get in. So I would, me myself, go to see that in IMAX. Right. And I think that that's a movie that could, the same way, put some butts in the seats, put some popcorn in people's mouths, put some candy down people's gullets, which is only the thing that's most important, right? So if Beyonce only makes 20 to 25, that's 20 to $25 million worth of people who are going to buy concessions. Yes. Yes. I, and I so think, that's yeah. what's important. And that's 20 to 25 million that was not there before and is now there now. Yeah. So, and I think that number will get higher and listen, let's, you know, we're going to talk a lot about these concert films the next few weeks. I think once, the Taylor Swift movie opens and you've got packed houses for weeks and weeks and you got these fans in there. And then the trailer for the Beyonce movie plays before every showing of the Taylor Swift movie, which is guaranteed because AMC is in that business. That is going to drive up that opening weekend number for Beyonce. And again, December this year is pretty light because they moved Dune out and Mm -hmm. Aquaman 2 is a giant question mark. So I, I think get it out while top because like you said, there's going to be more of these and the U2 concert film might be in theaters in February. You know, the the who knows what other concert films are going to be out next year. So I think she's got it in the can, get it in the theaters. I think it's a great move. Yeah. All right, let's get to these top five. Let's do it. I'm very, I'm very excited to see what your take is on what Exorcist Believer's take will be this weekend. Yeah, I mean, listen, it was tracking in the 30s, and I think these reviews pull it close to, well, can I, should I go first? Should I just go for it? I'm in the middle of going for it. I thought you were going to, and I was kind of setting you up to go. So 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 I'm going to keep going. I think it's going to open at 23 million. I do think it's, it's the reviews are going to hurt at something fierce. So if it was projecting at 30, 32 a week ago, I do think that this thing is going to, is going to crater as much as it could, which is still low twenties. I can't imagine this movie going lower than that, that I can't. And just, just to give a little bit of context here, that's under Megan, which opened to 30.4. Yeah. That would be under Evil Dead Rise, which opened to 24.5. Yeah. yeah. Under Insidious the Red Door, which opened to 33. And under My Blessed Nun. Wow. Nun 2, 32.6. So it is going to do less in your mind than Evil Dead Rise, which would be... A disaster, I think, for Exorcist. Yeah, I mean the um, though. If you if you you look now, the Evil Dead movies have had much more successful sequels than the Exorcist films at this. Point. Oh, a hundred percent. Because the Evil Dead remake is bigger than any Exorcist sequel, and now Evil yep. Dead Rise is very possibly going to end up being bigger than this Exorcist Believer movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think it's. The, the reviews really do matter for this type of movie. So I think that is number one at around 23 million. Um, okay. So number two, 
I think kind of has to be the number one movie of last weekend. I think it's got to be Paw Patrol, the mighty movie has to finish at number two. And it's probably going to have a pretty good hold. These kids mm-hmm. movies don't do the usual, you know, 60% drop that a number one has. So this thing could make like 14 million and be number two. Um, number three, Saw X, I think is going to have a really good hold. I'm going 50% drop. I think it's going to do like 9 million this weekend. I hope so. I hope so. It, it's such a good movie and it's such an accessible movie. It, it yes. really is. It doesn't feel it both gives the original fans everything they want, but somehow no longer feels like torture porn. Yes, it does in the good way. It feels like torture porn in the good way, but it's a it's the most accessible torture porn this franchise has ever given the audience. Yeah. Um. So I think that's number three. You know, here's the big one. Number four. Hocus Pocus is going to finish ahead of the creator. This creator movie is you mean the crater, the crater, I think is so DOA. I think it's so DOA. I think the creator could do as low as like three or 4 million in its second weekend. And I think Hocus Pocus sneaks by it. So I'm going Hocus Pocus for creator five. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. We were there. Wow. We were there in October, 2020. We were living the life of, of Hocus Pocus re-release. I I gotta, I gotta stick up for it. I think that's where, uh, you know, we get our bona fides is that so many people were not following box office then even, I mean, even the numbers wasn't doing anything with it. They didn't make phone calls to get the box office tallies, you know? So we were doing the hard work. We were yeah. doing God's work. Yeah. Num- number one, I do think Slam Doink is the exorcist believer. Yeah. I-, I don't think there's any way this movie isn't number one. It would have to be a, a complete disaster. Yeah. And I still think it's a huge underperformer. And it will, of course, drop like a stone the next weekend before yeah. its opening weekend. I'm going 23. Wow. I'm a little lower than you, but I do think 23 is the magic number here. Mm-hmm. Paw Patrol, Mighty Movie. I agree with everything you said. I think this is going to have a very low drop because the rats need their cheese. Some of the rats might have been washed out by the rain last weekend. And I think the families will be out in full force on a, I think, more pleasant weekend. Yeah. Uh, so I do agree that this thing is going to drop under 50. It's probably going to drop somewhere in the 40s. L- last week on the show, I told the anecdote about a wannabe old girl who reached out to say how her child saw the Paw Patrol, the Mighty Movie billboard while they were driving, begged to see the movie. They saw the film last weekend. They saw the film mm-hmm. and the child's reaction after it was over was again again she wanted again, to see it okay. again um yeah. i was also informed that this child did drop popcorn on the floor and ate some of the popcorn off of the movie theater floor went down okay. and picked it up which i think is a great sign for these paw patrol movies because it makes the children want to be dogs mm-hmm. yes they want That's to be a very dog like yeah, yeah. And but she wanted to see it again, which bodes well for repeat business for Paw Patrol, the mighty movie. So, yeah. Although I don't make a habit of picking up after yourself at the theater because the more trash you create, the more jobs you create. Right. That is the way movie theaters work. Right. There's going to be a lot of young pimply faced kids and very, very elderly people out of jobs if everybody cleans up after themselves in the theater. Just remember that. Yeah. So for that reason and that reason only, don't eat off the floor at a movie theater. Yes. Yeah. Uh, So I think number three, Saw X. I agree with you. I do think this is still going to have a horror drop. Uh, but it's not going to have a 60 plus percent horror mm-hmm, drop. Mm-hmm. I do think it's going to teeter around 50. So I, I, I think the word of mouth that this is great. Mm-hmm. Number four, I do have to go with the crater mm-hmm. because I just feel like if it drops, if it drops 60 percent, it'll still be around five or four. Mm hmm. And so I think that 
if Hocus Pocus does, it's only opening in a hundred and uh, uh, 1,600 theaters around that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's not going to have as big of a release as the last time. Right. But right. I still believe in it. So I do think it's going to be number five, but I think it's going to be number five with like four million or so. Okay. Remember the other thing about the 2020 re-release is they were the theaters that were open were basically selling at like half to a quarter capacity. Remember they mm-hmm. were not even allowed yes. to sell all the seats. You had to be spaced True. out. That that is not the case anymore. You could cram people side by side by side by side in 2023. So that is a plus for Hocus Pocus over its 2020 well, re-release. That's why I'm doubling. doubling. That's why okay. I'm doubling. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's my top five. Yeah. It's I, I I cannot wait until these results come in and we do our next episode and talk about what Exodus Believer ends up doing in the box office. Because it's going to oh, be a giant story. A, giant story. It's always a fun weekend when we can check these numbers and text back and forth and yeah. say, oh, my God, did you see that? Oh, my God, it's lower than we expected. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or it's higher than we expected, although I don't think that's going to be the case here. Yeah. Very, very fascinating weekend coming up. So, of course, email us, thebeoboyspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you're seeing this weekend, whether these reviews for Exodus Believer are going to sway you at all. We love the boots on the ground reporting and the predictions and so on and so forth. Thebeoboyspodcast at gmail.com. Five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Write love the show, blah, blah, blah. And... You know, that's the kind of thing that gets this show out to more listeners, which is very important for society at large. So five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on the social medias. Wanna be a senior intern. Christopher is killing it, making these vertical videos, making these clips. Just um, amazing, amazing excerpts as he's choosing. So follow us at the B.O. Boys Pod on Twitter X and on TikTok. And of course, we're also on YouTube. We are YouTubers, so full episodes and clips on the YouTube channel. So go there, subscribe to the channel, like the videos, ring that what, Clayton? Bell. Ring that bell. And of course, thank you also to Wannabeo Junior Intern Jack for all your work and for not contacting us directly. Continue to send everything through Christopher. Very important. And yeah, I think that is it, Clayton. I think we did it. Yeah, I can't think of anything else that we could possibly say. No, that's it. Except for (gasps) until next time. We'll smell you Nailed it. Nailed it.